waking up in the middle of the night worrying about the future, ask yourself, is this helping? And if it's not, that's our cue to let it go. Because sometimes there's nothing more we can do and we just need to let it go. But the mind doesn't know that. The mind wants to just solve everything right here, right now. Do you have mind chatter? Do you have anxiety? Today's episode is for you. In this episode, I sit down with Gina Ryan, an anxiety coach here on Maui and the host of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I love Gina's wellness tools because they are doable. Journaling is a great way to quiet anxiety, but journaling for an hour every day, not realistic. How about five minutes? Yes, that's doable. Listen in as Gina shares her practical wisdom on how to get quiet. Also on this episode, we have some special guests, roosters. <laughs> Gina lives up country and a lot of her neighbors have a lot to say. Not that interesting, but you will hear them in the background. Adds a little more flavor to our podcast today. From Maui, Hawaii, I'm Lucky and this is Quiet Your Mind Chatter. Gina, it's so good to see you. Thanks for being here. Lucky, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I've been waiting for this day patiently. Yay. Congratulations. Thank I love you. it. Gina is my inspiration. She's the first real life person I've met who is a podcaster. She lives here on Maui and she gave me my start. So I'm really appreciative of that. I'm glad you followed in the footsteps. It's a great way for you to get your awesome message out to the world. It's been fun. This podcast is called Quiet Your Mind Chatter. And I'm excited to hear you share some tips with our listeners, Gina, on any wellness tools that you can have to help our listeners quiet their mind chatter. Mind chatter is an interesting phenomena that we all experience, and it isn't ever going to go away, so to speak, right? But some of the things that we can do is to become familiar with our mind, to understand why it's doing what it's doing, and um, like you call it, quieting your mind chatter. Um, we can do that. And, you know, one of the ways that comes to mind to me to do that is to be understanding whether the mind is coming up with things that are, is our brain the physical brain in and of itself gone to a safe or unsafe place. Because if it's gone to an unsafe place, the chatter gets louder and the chatter becomes moving faster. And so I think one of the things we want to do is to understand if where we have let our mind go to is good for our brain. Are we telling our brain there's a problem? And is that problem just an inconvenience or is that problem uh, dangerous? Can you yeah. give an example of what might be an unsafe place for my brain to be? Right. So your brain actually going into unsafe, it's like it clicks on. It's, it can either be in safe mode or unsafe mode. And to click into unsafe mode, it would be, it could be that you are jumping off a curb back up onto the sidewalk because a car was coming by around the corner really fast. So your brain had to react really fast. So it went into uh, things are unsafe. 
I got to move, I got to change. Or it could go into an unsafe mode. And that's a useful place for it, for a useful time for it to go into unsafe because it's functioning faster. Um, we're not thinking about what we had for lunch or what we're going to make for dinner. We're surviving and, the, and everything worked really fast for us to do that. But we could also go into unsafe mode by what we are thinking. And this is where the mind chatter piece comes in, where is our mind chatter taking us to a place of unsafety in our brain? Is our mind taking us to an unsafe place physically in our brain? And that could be ruminating over a conversation we had with our boss earlier in the day. It could be uh, spending too much time on a problem that we don't have enough information to solve at the time. Give me some examples of what you consider mind chatter, and I'll, I'll let you know if they're safe or unsafe modes for your brain. I used to worry about events that were coming up in the future. For example, I just finished doing a live Facebook event. My friend Sherry in Portland, Oregon was kind enough to host me on her live Facebook feed to promote something with my podcast. And in the past, I would have worried about that from the moment we scheduled it, which was about a week out until the moment we did it. And mind chatter would have kept me up at night, would have woke me up in the middle of the night. How do you suggest if I'm in that mind chatter worrying about future things mode, how to recognize that and shift out of that to a safe brain place? Yeah, so some of the the, the more long-term process for uh, switching into safety mode, being there, that's where we want our default to be, that everything's okay. We only want to flip into the unsafe mode if we need it. Worrying about the future actually is one of those times when we don't need it. And that's why, because we, keep, we can't do anything about the future and we can't do anything about the past. So we want to keep things in the present moment. And obviously that would be through some mindfulness techniques. I suggest to people to four things to do for actually understanding where your brain is and where your mind chatter is taking you. So you would use your journal to keep track just for maybe like one or two weeks to actually write down in your journal when you think your brain was feeling safe or unsafe. And you can get that because, you know, we feel the physical hormonal changes when our brain is in unsafety. And then you can ask yourself in any given situation, like you were talking about, waking up in the middle of the night, worrying about the future, ask yourself, is turning on unsafety helping in this situation? So you have to actually ask, is this helping? Like that's like taking a pause. Is this really helping? And if it's not, that's our cue to let it go. Because sometimes there's nothing more we can do and we just need to let it go. But the mind doesn't know that. The mind wants to just solve everything right here, right now. And then over those two weeks, if you can notice any patterns, that might help you as to when you, your chatter goes loud and when your chatter settles down. And the final thing is to take a mini respite, like a five-minute break. And even if you woke up in the night, like you, in your uh, scenario, just say, okay, this isn't helping, so can I take five minutes to just focus on what brings me peace and calm? Switch over to thinking about that and noticing if you can let your chatter settle down from there by going into a more peaceful state on purpose 
because it left to its own default, the mind will be worried. The mind is always trying to figure things out. So we have to rein it in. That's our thing of taking five minutes to just let me see if I could say my mantra for five minutes. Let me see if I could go into prayer for five minutes. Anything that will give you a five minute respite. Thank you so much for that. I love these really accessible wellness tools. And I love that you put a five minute time frame around it. In the past, when I've tried to get out of worrisome mind and mind chatter, I tried to totally switch it off. I know this isn't working. I need to stop worrying. Well, that didn't help because that was too much for me to handle. But thinking just for the next five minutes, I'm going to set the timer on my phone or set the kitchen timer and purposefully downshift into some calmer gear. You said maybe repeat a mantra or prayer for five minutes just to, just to give myself that little bit of a break. I love that. It can really make a difference because left to our own devices, we won't do anything. So setting the time limit helps us because we'll do five minutes. And for journaling, what have you found with your clients that works with journaling right before bed, right when they get up in the middle of the day? Is just five minutes of journaling a day enough? What are your experiences? Well, I have a number of different ways that I suggest people journal, depending on the person. It's just sort of like taking vitamins. It depends who you are and what's going on with you. But generally speaking, I start people like on the podcast, I will talk about letting them use five minutes of writing gratitudes, three to five gratitudes a day, but only giving them five minutes to do it. Like to just, that way they can kind of bring their energy levels down from the day. And I usually suggest that in the evening because they've had, the day is still fresh with them, what they did. You can also do it in the morning, um, but a a lot of people have already lost the joys of the day before. They're usually remembering the struggles, but often have forgotten the joys. So in the evening to spend five minutes, that's a great way to start writing things down if you're not familiar with doing that. And I always suggest pen to paper as it uses different parts of our brain than our texting brain. So I think it can be really, really beneficial more benefits out of a five-minute practice. I love it because that's one of the easy ways to get out of doing the inner work is saying, I'm too busy. I know that's a good idea. It would work if I have time. I don't have time for that. Hmm. I bet you can carve out five minutes for yourself. Exactly. And that's why we have to keep it, especially as we're getting started on these new practices and new ways of thinking about our life, giving it just tiny little bites. I love it. I know that meditation for me has really taken hold and blossomed in my life since I've been doing it on the regular every day or pretty much every day. And I really did just start with 10 breaths every morning, not even a full minute. Sometimes I would take 10 quick breaths and that was my meditation for the day. But I did it every day for the first six months. And then I was able to move on to three minutes of meditation. And now five years later, I'm up to 20 minutes of meditation most days. And it has helped. And it really did just start with a few minutes every day. Absolutely. That's the same track that I take with clients is I try to have them start with 10 minutes. I say, if 10 minutes doesn't work, start with five. If you will not do five minutes, sit for one minute every day. Just sit on your couch. 
in your chair, in your car, whatever, but have the intention of this is my one minute meditation, only to set up the consistency, because that is more of the problem than the length of time for most people is being consistent. And meditation needs consistency because our brain takes repetition to change. And so we can't sit for two hours one day a week. That's not the plan. It's it's something that we need to do daily, like drinking water and breathing. We need to do it regularly. Breathe, drink water, sit for a minute. Hey, <laughs> sounds good to me. And I am excited to hear any ideas that you have about anxiety because that is your specialty is helping people calm from anxiety because mm -hmm. over the years I've struggled with depression and anxiety. And when my anxiety was at its highest frequency, my mind chatter was I didn't even I didn't even know I had mind chatter because it was so loud all the time it was part of my thinking so what ideas do you have for our listeners for calming down anxiety hold on to your sun hat we're taking a quick break are you looking for a splendid gift for one of the lovely humans in your life send them my easy to read coaching book Willing Souls, How to Brave Uncertainty and Find Peace. The chapters are short, my coaching advice is doable and effective in elevating us to the next level of happiness. Purchase my book from wellnesswithlucky.com, which is linked in the show notes, or find it on Amazon with the title willing souls willing because we are willing to make changes souls is s-o-l-s the spanish word for sun because as we shed layers of mind chatters lies we become a beacon of light to others anxiety it's a big umbrella for a lot of issues right a lot of different ways of thinking a lot of problematic thinking but the there's four elements that I always talk about, and that's to face the anxiety, to accept the anxiety, to float with the anxiety, and to learn to let time pass. And those are four things that we always talk about on the podcast. So, and the biggest one that people have trouble with is the acceptance. Again, being able to just accept things for what they are. Like if it were raining right now and we were planning to go for a walk because we are on the same island. Um, <laughs> if we were planning to go for a walk in the afternoon and it was, it was raining really hard, torrential, we would be disappointed, but we would have to accept it, right? But people with anxiety don't accept what is. They say, why is there always rain when I want to walk? What, you know what I mean? We come up with these ways of, of just dwelling on it and keeping it going. And that just feeds the anxiety because it tells our brain from our mind thinking and our body's reaction that there's danger and there's not. It's just raining. It's just raining. And so what we want to do is just accept the things that are in front of us versus make stories out of them, make them bigger than they are, or try to bury them, discount them altogether. Just accept, no, it's raining. And then you and I would either make another plan or we'd put our jackets on and go. Thank you for that. So let's say that I 
am hosting an event. I'm hosting a dinner party or in my professional life, I'm hosting some kind of event and I'm having anxiety around that. Can you give some quick examples of walking us through those four steps about having, yeah. having people over and this is the first time I've cooked for more than a couple of people and I'm excited about it, but I'm also experiencing anxiety. To face it would be to be like, uh, oh, oh, I have all these feelings, right? Acknowledge them. It's another word we could use. So I'm acknowledging that I'm ramped up. And I love that you used the word excited because excitement and anxiety can release the same kinds of hormones. And so we can get that confused. So you could maybe even say to yourself, oh, I have all these internal feelings, these maybe racing thoughts, these worried thoughts, but maybe it's part of my excitement. So facing it, just facing what is physically and mentally happening, and then to accept it. Okay, this is happening, even though it feels uncomfortable, and I have people coming, I've already set it up, I know that this is happening, I can do this either with these feelings or without them, but these feelings are here right now, so I will go forward with them. And that leads us right into the floating, which is relaxing the body. It's easier to interrupt this with the physical than the mental sometimes. So we floating means to relax the body while those uncomfortable feelings are there. And while the mind is doing chatter or, or racing thoughts or ruminating, just letting the body relax and noticing that those things are there, that's floating. And then letting time pass. Again, maybe taking a five-minute break, five minutes again, of just being with it and like going and maybe washing your face with some cool water, letting some time pass from the fact that you acknowledge these feelings instead of adding to the story of them, to just let some time move between the acknowledgement of the event and how you're feeling. Just let some little, little bit of space and time go in there. Thank you so much for the clarification. I love that you are suggesting to use our bodies as wellness tools. I was listening mm -hmm. to someone else's podcast this morning, and he said something to the effect of, we have a really good resource below our neck. <laughs> and that spoke to me because I have so many problems that are going around inside my head. And when I take a break and go and play with a ball, I have a tennis mm -hmm. ball that I keep in my living room. And when I realize I'm stuck in my head too much, I get out my tennis ball and I go bouncing around in the hallways in my condo building. I'm not sure if my neighbors appreciate it, but it's only for a few minutes to just move my body around and release that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with things like mind chatter and anxiety. Um, it's so in our head. There is no reality of it happening. It's just thoughts. So it can be hard to interrupt it with, with other thoughts. Sometimes we can, but most people do well to interrupt it with the body. It was, we can relax our body with, by will through sheer willfulness, you know. And that's a good reminder too, because sometimes I can't always take my tennis ball and bounce it around. Sometimes I'm in a meeting and that would not be appropriate behavior. So it's good right. to know we can willfully decide I'm relaxing my shoulders. I'm relaxing my chest. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
the last step that you suggested for calming anxiety is to let time pass. I love the phrase, this too shall pass. When I am stuck in my head, I'm in the red zone, something feels very dangerous emotionally or mentally, I feel a lot of pressure. When I'm able to step back and remember, this isn't going to last forever. A year from now, I may or may not even remember this moment. Two weeks from now, maybe I'll still be solving this problem, but I'll be in a different mindset. And I can remember that not to, sometimes there are big problems that we need to solve, not to downplay those. And sometimes things really hurt and I'm experiencing pain, not to belittle that. And, oh, you shouldn't even feel that way. Acknowledge those feelings, but no, feelings are really strong right now and they'll change. Yes. Yes, to actually experience it because that way we're not stuffing it down into the subconscious to come up at some random inappropriate time to actually experience it, but to also remember, as you say, that this too shall pass, that this will not be here forever. Nothing is forever. Everything that arises will fall away. Gina, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. You, I wish we could keep talking for a couple of hours, but I'm so thankful and I'm going to practice these four steps and I am excited for our listeners to practice them too. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Lucky. Before I go, I want to remind you that you are a spirit in a human body. So take care of your body. Yes, you are practicing quieting your mind, and hallelujah for that. But you've got to take care of your body, too. Do a couple of things every day toward optimal health. Go for a walk. Buy some fresh vegetables and actually eat them. Allow yourself time to rest. If you're working on changing your body, notice when you are feeling angry with your body, change takes time. Trust that your efforts will be rewarded with an abundance of health, but it might take a while. Ask your higher power to help you. She is more than willing to partner with you. If my podcast has been helping you, can you kindly download episodes leave me a comment on iTunes. This helps other humans discover the show. If you have suggestions for future podcast episodes, I'm all ears on Facebook and YouTube at Wellness with Lucky and on Instagram at Wellness Lucky. You can always reach out to me at wellnesswithlucky.com.